Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for joining us in this podcast. Lisa and I are having a conversation about the lovely topic of uh, contempt, and we've titled this podcast, Contempt is a Disruptive Force. And uh, we've, I think, just over the last probably probably month or so in a couple of workshops that we've done and uh, in our own marriage and also uh, reflecting on some recent conversations with couples therapeutically, I felt like it is a an important topic to return to. We we haven't addressed contempt directly, although we've talked about it in, in other podcasts, but I think it'd be helpful. We think it would be helpful to return to it as a topic, as a as a conversation to uh, create some clarity around uh, the notion of contempt, what it is, how it shows itself up, uh, how it reveals itself, and some hopeful and helpful responses that we might have both to ourselves and to one another when contempt uh, reveals itself. So contempt is a, as some of you know, uh, it may be another listening or other broadcast, podcast, writings. Uh, it, it's a fairly, uh, well, this is a strong word, but we might say toxic uh, part of a relationship. And when it is present in marriage, it can be very, very divisive. And so... Sometimes we're not aware of contempt. We're not really uh, able to see where it is or how it shows itself up. But let, let's talk a little bit about what do we actually mean by contempt. And contempt is defined as uh, almost uh, this disdain or scorn or thinking, believing something or and or someone is less than, uh, that it has this hierarchical nature, that it has a theme of judgment that somehow what you say, think, feel, and believe is less than. So the theme uh, throughout contempt is really one of judgment. Uh, judgment as a, I, I am superior. Uh, I have this mm, way of thinking, believing, living uh, that is m- meant to be the way. And how you are thinking, feeling, and believing uh, is less than. And so I think for many of us, uh, it, it would be hard to acknowledge, maybe openly, that, oh yeah, I, I, we might struggle with contempt at times. Uh, it's, a, it's a vulnerable offering for us with one another to actually acknowledge that contempt can live and reside uh, and hide in marriages, and sometimes we're not aware of it. Yeah, I think it can become a pattern Mm-hmm. It can become sort of this place of where we get stuck, where we um, don't quite know how we got there. But I think it's really important to name it um, and to recognize it because, you know, like you said, Steve, it's very divisive. It's very, um, it, it it just can really divide and come between in a very judgmental way and um, where one, one partner in the couple feels that, you know, you are completely wrong and I am completely right. And mm-hmm. um, not that this ever happens for us. Not that this ever happens, but 
Um, but, but it can, if we don't really recognize what it is and that it's happening, that mm-hmm. it's easy to become a part of the pattern and it gets embedded and um, can be very destructive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going back to both destructive, but also very disruptive, that it has this disruptive nature to it. Uh, John Gottman, who has done so much marriage work and writing, and uh, he and his wife have spent uh, years discussing and researching how contempt is often the number one indicator of of a marriage or partnership that they would name as uh, that there's discontent, that there's a lack of uh, contentment within marriage when contempt is present. And, and it makes sense because contempt can grow exponentially. Uh, it, it has this capacity to fester. Uh, it, it doesn't really lie dormant. It, it grows, it can, again, hope, hopefully you hear this, it can grow over time, not that it always does, but it can. Especially if we uh, maybe uh, not allow contempt, but give it permission to reside. When we give it permission to live, when we justify contempt. So here's an example. Uh, I'll give you an example of of where contempt showed up for us recently. Uh, And maybe we can talk about in the past what we would have done with the contempt and maybe what we do now. Uh, So we, uh, some of you know this, uh, where, where we live, we're... Uh, we're, I don't know if we can say we're on a farm, but we, we have chickens. And uh, many of you maybe right away say, oh, I don't want to listen to these people anymore. They have chickens. But we have chickens. They lay eggs. Wonderful. It's great. It's part of Lisa's. She has a Montessori school here. And it's part of, would you say that's part of the love children have? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, love the animals. They love the chickens. Love the animals. Well, every once in a while, we have to clean out the chicken coop. And for various reasons that we don't need to get into. Uh, but we do. Uh, and so I, I'll say that I often have tremendous resistance. Uh, I, I don't want to do it. Uh, I don't enjoy any part of it. Uh, it, it's not something I signed up for when I said I do. Uh, it just, I have this just palpable visceral resistance to not doing something that I don't want to do. Fair. Is that, Mm -hmm. it's very evident. Uh, if you were watching us this last weekend, you might see this, notice this, like I get agitated, I get bothered. Uh, part of the agitation is I believe I have, I know the way, quote unquote, the way to clean out the chicken coop. Like there is I, an art to doing there's, this. There's an art, but also there's a science. We don't know exactly what that is. Okay. Yet, well, but. I, well, see even that, like I, I, I have this in my mind, I have this plan, this, and I can justify it. I have this idea of the way it needs to be done. Oh, and I have a plan too. And I, well, that's. I have a theory. <laughs> So herein lies the struggle is I approach this problem, if you will, or this project, if you will, uh, with the perception that I know what's best. So there is the setup. Contempt grows when I believe I know what is best and I have disregard for the other. That's how I approach that weekend, that project, is, is I am aware, even in the moment I'm aware, that I don't, I don't want to do this, yes. But I also, I also am tempted to believe I know what is best and how to do this, and it and it played itself out. I mean, we argued, we fought, we we said I think unkind words. Uh, we we weren't working well together on the project. And see, I when I look at projects, I I look forward to them. I think, oh, we're going to oh, do this lovely. together. Lovely. 
I've tried doing it on my own, and it's definitely a two man job. And so, two person, two person job. And I, uh, so I kind of look forward to like, okay, we're going to get this cleaned out. We're going to do this together. It was, I think the sun was out a tiny bit, and we we're going to do this thing, you know. And I had some ideas about maybe how it should, what the results would be, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not how to get there, but just what I was hoping for the result. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not really the details of it, but you can see yourself potentially in some kind of a project or some kind of a, an issue where you, you both kind of have, you go into it thinking you know yeah, what it, the right... Well, it's across the board. I mean, we all have levels of tension or conflict or disagreements. And they're often around areas like, yes, projects, leisure time, uh, in-laws, family, sex, finances, things that, things that matter. Not that other things don't matter, but they're often core categories of where in other um, words, they have to be resolved. They have to be addressed. Well, There's something that yeah. just make life happen. So we can't just avoid them. They have to be done. Right. This was one of those things. This it is one of those done. things. It had to be done. <laughs> and and I, I, for those of you listening, again, hopefully you can stay present with how, how and in what ways does contempt show up. It reveals itself when we believe we have the authority, privilege, right, to somehow make the assumption that what I think, believe, and feel is more than or superior than the other, that the others is less than. That's where contempt grows. That's where it lives. That's where it resides. Uh, so I think there was a combination too, Lo. I think the combination was the timing of it, right? And so the timing wasn't your timing. It was more my timing. And well, so I, I think when we, when we I don't... Think, I, I don't think it's a matter of timing. I think it, whenever we were to do this project, I would have contempt. Right. So I think that's the... Right, but the, it also felt like it undermined your day. You didn't want yeah. to have to do it. And so sometimes it's complicated, right? There's there's all these other factors that are factoring mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. how the tension builds. Right. But at a core, the, the awareness of contempt is connected to some sense theme of judgment. And the judgment I held was that I believed the way I, I we needed to do this was superior was more than and and i think it's not always that overt contempt can be really subtle it often has two forms one is self-contempt and other-centered contempt what i we were just naming in that story that example was other-centered i was holding it against lisa my contempt my judgment self-contempt can be toward self Uh, the contempt i have toward myself the contempt I have toward my body, toward what I think, toward what I feel, that sometimes contempt can be a way of judgment toward self. And I think that's an important feature that we try over time to distinguish. Where does contempt live? And in what ways does it show itself up and reveal itself in our marriage? Oftentimes in the marriage, in the couple, usually one of us is more prone to other contempt. Mm-hmm. And the other is maybe more prone to self-contempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you might think that through and wonder, you know, to mm-hmm. yourself, which, you know, in some situations it might change. But may, in general, I think I tend to go more towards self-contempt mm-hmm. and go inward and think, oh, why did I even, you know, mention to do this project? Why did I bring it up today? Why, You know, I might go inward with my contempt. Why do I have need? Uh, why is something, why is this so important Why can't I me? just do it myself? Why can't I, why why do, can't I just know? be fine? Yeah. That sometimes the theme of judgment again, of saying to self or believing something about myself, 
has one of judgment, of less than. Uh, that there's a hierarchy, that the others, whomever the other is, particularly our partner and spouse, their idea, their thought, their belief tends to be more than or better than. And so other ways that I think contempt shows itself up is it can be really subtle. Um, I was working with a couple recently where I was just noticing that when one of them would say something, uh, the other would just sort of subtly roll their eyes or look away or um, just kind of gently, almost subtly shrug their shoulders, like, eh, whatever. Uh, that, that is a form of contempt. When we mock, dismiss, minimize what it is the other is bringing, whether that's in words or body, in thought, in idea, when, whenever there is some form of mockery, it's not always very overt. It can be subtle. That is also a form of contempt because it has, again, this theme of judgment. So part of it is, like you just said, at least really helpful, is to recognize how, how does it show itself up in our marriage? Where, where does it live? And please hear that just because contempt is present doesn't imply or mean we, we can't work with it or we can't uh, find ways of navigating it well. That it's not always a sign of uh, such distress that it can't be repaired, resolved, understood, uh, that there can be ways of navigating contempt well. But sometimes, again, as as so many times we have offered this, is without the awareness of what it is that we're experiencing, it's very difficult to discern what is needed or what can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think actually both types of contempt are very harmful mm-hmm. and difficult in a marriage, even, even self-contempt, because... Oftentimes, self-contempt would lead me to say, fine, forget it, right. maybe stonewall or you know, just kind of shut down, and that doesn't go well either. So mm. every type of con- contempt is going to be destructive. And so I think we're just suggesting, like, how can we notice that this is happening? Mm. Because if we don't notice it, again, it just has more power, and it just leads us to such a stuck place. Mm-hmm. So being able to name it gives us um, at least the first step in navigating it mm-hmm. and let, allowing it to loosen its grip. Mm-hmm. I think the other characteristic that's helpful to maybe put words to a little bit further is sometimes contempt has this sort of disdain, uh, almost like this disgust. Uh, and and I think often that can be modeled uh, and or what we experienced in our own family, family of origin. That sometimes when there was judgment uh, toward something different, whether that was, you know, particular ethnicity or uh, socioeconomic status or a way of dressing or a way of being or a way of thinking, I think sometimes that is part of where contempt can take root is that it has this judgmental feature and quality that then we carry into a bit of our DNA, and I, and I think that was true for me. Uh, that that often I, I grew up in a family where my parents tended to view something different as less than. Uh, why aren't they more like than fill in the blank? And often it was a reference and or a, a reflection of when there was difference. It was very difficult to honor difference and or to be kind to difference. And so sometimes that is part of what we carry into our marriage, into our partnership is, again, being aware of where where might some of that have formed for me. That's Mm -hmm. one of the 
think key reflections we've wondered about with others when we talk about contempt is where did contempt take root? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, it's rooted in what we're exposed to and what was modeled for us. Not that it, that excuses it, but I think to be aware of sometimes that is, that's part of our nature because of what was modeled for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I think my self contempt was maybe born out of more of a attitude of conformity. Like, mm we need to be aware what the right thing is to do and then we need to do that right thing. And so there's this conforming. And if we don't conform or if we don't do the right thing, something's wrong with me, Right. you know, something's wrong. Why aren't you fitting in with the system? Why, why aren't you um, able to do what needs to be done? And so it kind of, I think that's where it tended for me to go more self contempt mm-hmm. rather than other. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, uh, key pieces in how we navigate contempt well or diffuse contempt is to be aware of the impact of contempt. Uh, Post chicken coop incident, uh, you and I, Lisa and I had a conversation around just reflecting on what happened. And again, that's one of the most courageous things I think we can ask when, when disconnect occurs or disruption occurs or contempt occurs or hurt occurs to come back to that question of what happened, whether that's you know an hour ago or a day later, just something that says what what happened, and and I think that was part of the reflection of of when we are curious about what happened. That's part of what diffuses contempt, and and I think I became aware uh, based upon what you shared around the impact of my judgment, the impact of my harshness, my the tone of my voice, and and then that's where contempt I think diffuses is when I, we become aware of the impact of our contempt. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a potential softening. There's a potential tenderizing, if you will, of, uh, relationally when, when we are aware of the harm that our contempt causes either self or the other or, or, and or ourselves. And part of, part of what we've had to work hard, uh, now is to be curious about that impact to be, but also to be tender to the way in which my contempt has hurt you or harmed you. Mm. That's that's what's different now versus maybe, I don't know, a few years ago. Right, right. And I think in a way, especially if one partner has the other contempt and other, mm-hmm. the other partner has the self-contempt, it just kind of fits like hand in glove. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to be frustrated at you and then you're going to just take it. And then we're kind of gridlocked. You know, we both feel frustrated and terrible, but somehow it kind of fits together. And so it, it just seems like, oh, it's a natural fit. And so being able to step back from that and see, okay, what's happening? What are the dynamics? Um, and unpack it a little bit, understand a little bit. What what happened for you? Um, not just did it work out, because we didn't really get into the nitty gritty of digging the trench and filling the trench up with the rocks and then trying to figure out if we're going to put the the wire at the bottom and, you know, just the whole, all the details and the frustration that kind of back and forth, well, I think we should do this. Well, I think we should do that, you know? And, um, and then maybe later going, wow, what happened? That didn't go well. And, um, being able to, you know, have that softening Mm -hmm. to ask and wonder, I really was digging my heels in there, wasn't I? Yeah. You know, and so I don't know what does it take to get to that point. I think it takes uh, the the antibiotic, if you will, or the maybe the prescription of how we react or respond with contempt is kindness. I mean, there is no nothing other than kindness that can diffuse and or uh, 
allow healing to occur when contempt is present is the kindness of uh, not just not just sorry but the kindness of I'm, I'm aware of how that hurt you I'm aware of how that impacted you uh, it's it's the awareness of impact that's connected to sorrow that's what kindness is kindness is I I don't want to harm you in that way contempt is a form of harm I don't want to harm other and I don't want to harm self in this way uh, contempt is a is a form of dishonor kindness is a form of honoring and it's not it's too easy just to say, be kind. That, that's one of the most difficult offerings we can have with one another is kindness. Because it's one of, one of the most vulnerable ways we are allowing ourselves to be seen. Uh, contempt is, has this illusion of protection. And kindness, there is no protection in kindness. It's simply offering uh, sorrow, but also the awareness of impact. And I think kindness is... Uh, I don't want that for you, and I don't want that for me. So it's a battle. It's a. It it, it it's not as if we wake up. Okay, I'm no longer going to have contempt toward you or contempt toward me. It it is a it is a process. It's a I think almost like an evolution or every process in that way that we something that we grow into. Mm-hmm. Almost like you maybe we take a step back and we recognize, wow, that went did not go well. Right. And um and I think there's a kindness toward ourselves when we can remember, you know, what is my story here? What what did impact me? Because I think when you can be kind to yourself and say, "Hey, this came from a place." You know, you can say this came from a younger place where maybe I was taught other contempt or maybe I was taught self-contempt mm-hmm. just by it's our family what, culture. It's, it's what I learned. Maybe. It's what I learned. Mm-hmm. And so there's some there's some kindness there towards yourself. And I think that has to play out before, because when we feel judgment toward ourselves, it's very hard to be kind toward the mm-hmm. other. So there's, there's kind of an initial mm-hmm. maybe understanding of, okay, that didn't go well. And I, I realize that I tend to go toward this direction. And and then I don't know, what would you say next? I mean, there's it's a, it's a pretty big disconnect between contempt and kindness but so i again i want to echo or restate that it's a process that it's it it's a choice i think we make to not let contempt win to not let contempt be the final word that the movement over time toward kindness but but we're only able to move toward kindness when we are aware that contempt is present and what helps us to be aware that contempt is present by actually asking ourselves that question and one another. Where does contempt live? Where does it reside? Where does it show itself up? Where does it reveal itself? And and if we continue to not name contempt or be aware of contempt, that's how and in, in the way that we've named this, that's the disruptive force it can be. But it doesn't always or imply that that's the end of the story. I think the end of the story is the movement toward the kindness that allows contempt to lose its grip that it doesn't have the force that it might have once had before. Mm-hmm. Sort of this idea that this isn't what we want for our marriage. This isn't what we want for our relationship. And being able to look at it together and say, wow, this happened. And um, not to point fingers of judgment, but to be able to recognize that and take a moment to let's look in a different direction here. Mm-hmm. And so as we end, it's, it's yes, what you just named, uh, Lisa, and 
the courage we might have to ask ourselves that question of where, where does it live? Where does it reside? Uh, how does it show itself up? Does it tend to be something I hold toward the other or to hold toward myself? And then what, what might kindness look like for me, for us, as we move toward that, as the antibiotic or the healing balm when contempt is present? The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage. <laughs>